0: It's Christmas time, and for most of us, it is a joyful season, right? Well, more than 200 years ago, in the midst of the Revolutionary War, thoughts of Christmas celebrations were far from our soldiers' minds. At Valley Forge, General George Washington led an army that was struggling and woefully short of provisions needed to sustain them for the battles ahead. Well, today, today we are going to hear more about what Christmas was like for these great patriots. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family and freedom in their homes and country. Hi moms, I'm Debbie Krulaitis, your host, and thank you once again for joining me today. Uh, right here on the top of the show, I always want to invite you to like and subscribe, share our podcast. Um, please do that because they are censoring us and we would love to get our messages out to all of your mama friends. Great podcasts every week. I'm just delighted with all of the people that we have on every week. And this week is going to be super cool talking about Christmas. All right, well, before I get into that, I do want to invite all of our moms that are Listening, maybe you're joining us for the first time. If you are, super welcome. Um, I want to go ahead and ask you to join the movement here at Moms for America. We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. Come on, join the sisterhood here with Moms for America. You can check us out at momsforamerica.us. Sign up for our newsletter, join the movement. And go ahead, uh, take advantage of all of the materials that we have to support you in your journey through motherhood. Also, if you have a podcast idea or a topic or feedback, would you please email me at podcast at moms dot net. I would love to hear from you. On to today's program. Rick Green is joining us. Rick Green's mission is to help Americans understand our country's godly history and foundation. He travels the nation speaking and teaching on the U.S. Constitution. He's the founder of the Torch of Freedom Foundation and the Patriot Academy, which is one of our favorite resources for our moms. Well, good news. He's joining us today to talk about a time in our nation's history that we don't often discuss, especially around Christmas. How about it, moms? What was it like for General George Washington and his soldiers at Valley Forge at Christmas during the Revolutionary War. Hey Rick, welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Always good to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to be here.
0: Well, we're super fans of Patriot Academy and all that you do over there. A couple things real quick before we get started. Tell us a little bit about the family. Our moms always love to know about the tribes. You've been on, I think it was probably a year and a half ago. So um, I kind of want to reintroduce you to the moms.
1: Well, I got a third grandkid since then. So Kara and I have been married 29 years. Uh, We have four kiddos and uh, our oldest has uh, three kids now. So we have a six-year-old grandson, a four-year-old granddaughter, and a one-year-old grandson. And uh, mm. then our second son, Reagan, just got married as well, and uh, he and his wife, Faith, uh, also help us in uh, Patriot Academy. Our oldest son, Trey, runs our all of our firearms training and and our constitutional defense program. And then uh, Reagan and Faith help with all of our marketing and videos and that sort of thing. It's and a family we have affair. One baby girl. Yes, very <laughs> much a very much a family <laughs> affair. Uh, one daughter and then a younger son as well. So one girl, three boys means we have a queen and her subjects. Yeah.
0: Well, kudos to your wife. (laughs) Um, A little bit about Patriot Academy. um, So the moms know about that because history is very important to you. Patriotism is um, top of the list over there with your team, which of course we love.
1: Yeah, you know, we believe that the petri dish where bad government grows is civic and biblical ignorance. If we don't know truth, then we fall for the lie. And so at Patriot Academy, we're trying to educate as many citizens as possible, as quickly as possible, to know that truth so that they can dispel so much of this uh, uh, Mm. Marxism and these Marxist lies that are marching across the country. So we started it 23 years ago when I was a state rep. And started with youth. We do 16 to 25 year olds in state capitals across the country in a legislative simulation, giving them a chance to really uh, experience what a constitutional republic is all about and sort of uh, get that um, burden, if you will, of uh, civic responsibility at a young age. Mm -hmm. And then we do our coach program, Constitution coach program. We have. 27,000 almost coaches across the country now that are hosting constitution classes, biblical citizenship classes. We make it fun to learn uh, this history, and they're doing that all over the country and churches, schools, homes, Harley Davidson dealerships, bait and tackle (laughs) shops, you name it, wherever you can get people together, you can have a constitution class.
0: Right, at the gun range, wherever. I know you guys do all That's kinds right. of fun right. stuff. So it really is so important because we are seeing that they're rewriting history, um, and they are changing the narrative, and they're teaching our they kids um, incorrectly. We talked to wall builders um, last month about the importance of history. But if we don't get the our past right, we're not going to get the future right because right we've got to learn off of this.
1: Well, and Ronald Reagan said if we forget what we did, yeah. We won't know who we are. And that's, right. uh, that's essentially what happened. We stopped telling the stories. About the American DNA and and what made America different, why the word "exceptional" actually fits—that's not just a bunch of country boys mm-hmm. bragging. Uh, that's the truth. We are the exception to the rule. We're, we're mm-hmm. extraordinary, extraordinary, uh, not normal <laughs> in a good way, right? Yeah. Uh, we we have the bad, and the ugly. We know we got you know national sins. We got individual sins. We're made up of humans, so we got bad stuff in our history too. But man, there's more good there uh, than any nation has ever experienced. And if we don't tell those stories, we we forget who we are, and and the nation becomes very different.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what's so exciting about today's program. I mean, talking about the very first Christmas, talking about what led up to that, um, the whole scenario, it's really something that it's, I'm glad that we're going to talk about it because I want to be reminded of it. But before we actually get into the who, what, where, why, I'd love to talk a little bit about um, George Washington and who he was, because he's the central figure, you know, that we'll be talking about here. Tell us a little bit about who he really was and maybe some of the misconceptions that we're hearing. In fact, when I went to um, Mount Vernon uh, for an event a couple of weeks ago, you know, George Washington was there when we walked in and we said, hello, Mr. President, you know, he was there all in costume. And he goes, You got to listen to the, my words, not the new words. And he was giving Uh us a tip, you know, that people are rewriting his story. What is his story?
1: That's so good. You know, I didn't know you were going to ask that. And I'm so glad you did. I actually had had taken a few notes uh, before I dialed in with you and I actually put, let's make sure we talk about George Washington himself, what he did the year before on, on Christmas night, of course, and what he did two years before uh, at the first continental Congress and, and, and what he did. Twenty years before, at Braddock's Road on the other side of, of Pennsylvania. So I, I'm just glad you asked that. I was hey. you didn't even I didn't know you were going to ask it, but I was thinking about that because a you lot knew. of people we do have you this knew. total yeah well we have a warped <laughs> view of who the guy was. Right now, right. it's just all about did he have slaves or not and all that kind of stuff and and no context uh, for that moment in time and that moment that moment in history. You know, he was without question the indispensable man. There's there's no America without him. There, there's no doubt that over and over again on multiple occasions, God used him uh, Mm -hmm. to to be the force that would push us in the right direction. And when I say 20 years before, I I mean that. I mean, this guy at 23 years old at the Battle of Braddock's Road, he was the hero. And it was kind of the moment for him really to figure out, you know, am I called to this or not? Because his hero, Braddock, goes down, General Braddock goes down in that battle. I mean, this was where they got, you know, essentially trapped by the French and Indians on this narrow path on Braddock's Road. And, And it was a massacre, an absolute massacre for three hours. And every other hof- officer, I mean, we're talking 80 something of them, every other officer is shot down in the battle except Washington. Now, they thought they got him a couple of times. He gets, you know, he goes down, but it turns out it was his horse that got shot. He gets on another horse. Twice that happened. They thought, oh, we finally got him. Uh, but uh, he had bullet holes in his jacket. When we, when we went and investigated this story in Chasing American Legends, we found he even had bullet fragments in his in his hair. I mean, it was it was a crazy battle. But for three hours, he's riding back and forth, organizing the retreat, getting those guys out of there at 23 years old. Wow. Uh, and it became this moment where he wrote home. He, he had There's a couple of letters right after that battle where he's writing to his mom and he writes to his brother. And he talks about the fact that, you know, I don't know why. But maybe, you know, for whatever reason, God saved me. There, there was some mm. sort of superintending providence because every other officer went down. Uh, he said to his brother, not to his mom, but to his brother, he said uh, the bullets when they were whizzing past him, they sounded like music to his ears. Now, I don't know about you. I'm <laughs> not sure I would respond that way. I know that's how Spec Ops guys, these Special Forces guys, there's something yeah. special about them. It's and like you, know, you, don't, them. you
0: don't you don't tell that to your mama.
1: Yeah, you don't Same, tell that with the mom. You don't so. say
0: that. Yeah, yeah. You don't say that to mom, but you say it to the brother. Okay, That's wow. Right. So you,
1: he you talk to mom about the fact that, hey, God's don't worry, Mama. God's yes. got me. You know, yes. he's protecting me. So anyway. So that <laughs> and the reason I tell you all that is because it had a profound impact on him in terms of his faith, in terms of God's protection. Uh, two weeks later, there would be a sermon in, in uh in Virginia by Samuel Davies where he says, who knows that this young Colonel Washington, God was protecting him for some reason mm. for our nation. That was 20 years before we declared our independence. And he Very actually prophetic. showed up like, right? oh, man, yeah. I mean, they, there was definitely uh, and Davies, by the way, is the guy that, that Patrick Henry grew up listening to and said, that's how I learned to be such a such a great orator. And he was the greatest orator of the revolution. But 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 Washington, the uniform that he wore in that battle. Is what mm-hmm. he showed up in. Now I could never wear the same thing I was wearing twenty years ago, but he could. Uh, he showed up in uh, whenever he was called by Congress to be the general. He showed up in that uniform because that's what he had been famous for. That's what he, everybody cool knew is him for. That? Isn't that pretty cool? I didn't know that until I went I to the, the the Braddock Museum there uh, outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, and that was pretty cool. And even to read, they had some of his cool letters there as well, uh, talking about the battle. That's where we found out about the fragments in his in his hair. But but it's just important wow. to know. Yeah. This is a guy that God had, you know, had these experiences throughout his life to prepare him for these impossible, I mean, mm-hmm. completely impossible moments, both at Valley Forge for Christmas there, which we'll talk about, of course, but even the year before, uh, whenever he does the, you know, the, the the incredible crossing of the Delaware. And then before that, uh, two years before that, at that first Continental Congress. You know, listen, they're talking about taking on the greatest military power on the planet. Um, They knew they couldn't win. They knew the odds were against them, that God would have to intervene, and they called for prayer. And and one of the guys there at that Continental Congress objected to that because he said, man, we got all these different denominations here. Another guy stands up and says, I think it was Sam Adams actually, stood up and said, I'm no bigot. I can pray with everybody here. And he called for a reverend that was of a different denomination than his. And so Jacob Deshay comes in. The Reverend Deshay comes in. They have this three-hour prayer. Uh, some of them said later that, that Washington never even left his knees during that entire prayer. Mm. I think that's all a big part of why the monument at, at, at Valley Forge, there at Freedom's Foundation, depicts Washington in prayer. And then, of course, there's the Isaac Potts story about him praying in in the you know out in the snow uh, there at Valley Forge. But but all yeah. of those moments, I think, led up to him having the ability and the courage. And just the faith, frankly, in God that that He could do the things that He ended up doing—the crossing of the Delaware on Christmas night, and, and the surprise attack of the Hessians—that would have been seventy-six. You're 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 one to talk about Valley Forge, but but a year before, man, it yeah, was let's almost talk about, as bad. Let's,
0: yeah, let's talk about the year before because this is building on it. This is this yeah. is the stepping stone.
1: It was it was I, I you know I like to think I'm tough, Debbie. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I, compared to these guys. You know, I like to think if I was in this horrible situation, would have crumbled. Yeah, I would have. Crum- I, I mean, I didn't have. I, I just. I don't know. This guy, he gets to this moment. Ninety percent of his troops have deserted him. He's gone from twenty five thousand down to about twenty five hundred. Most people in, a, in 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 the colonies have said, "Never going to happen." We're, we're there's no way we're going to be able to win this. Every nation has said, "No, we're not helping you." I mean, it's it's a Against all odds, impossible situation. He's been completely decimated in New York at White Plains, and uh, I mean these guys, the, the Hessian soldiers, that already de- defeated him multiple times. And so here he he sits, and and he's got these rat this ragtag bunch, uh, <laughs> literally, I mean, barely held together. And 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 just pretend we're in the time machine. Okay, let let's just get the time machine. We go back to that moment. It's it's let, let's actually go a week before, a week before Christmas, seventeen seventy six. We get okay. out of the time machine. We're walking among the troops. They're freezing. They're 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 sitting around the fires, trying to trying to stay warm, trying to encourage each other, even though they're down to this horrible number and it looks like everything's gonna fall apart. And just imagine that you're looking over the shoulder of this kid that's writing by the light of the fire. And this kid, and I'll be honest, I don't know if he was in a cabin writing by candlelight or out by the fire, but he's writing and he's writing some pretty famous words. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this despair, he writes the words, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this present crisis shrink from service to his country, but he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered, but we have this consolation that the greater the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. And Thomas Paine would release the American crisis just a few days later. Uh, George Washington would be so moved by the words that he would read the whole thing to the troops there, and then he would make that impossible decision to cross an icy Delaware River in the middle of a snowstorm yeah. to then march nine miles in the snow. They said you could follow the troops by the blood in the snow because a third of them had their feet wrapped in burlap, didn't even have boots. No they surprised shoes, the Hessian yeah. soldiers. They captured 900 of them, and the greatest military come. I mean, within two weeks, his troops swelled back up to 15,000. It was incredible. So that's the year before, right? Like you would think. <laughs> like think, okay, yeah, let's just that give the up the after story. That.
0: Right, we're done. We're all going <laughs> right. home. Okay. Oh, and, okay.
1: And, and and the heart and the mindset. His his the the password that night was victory or death. So they they they, they cross the Delaware. They're freezing. They, they they go. They march the nine miles. They surprise the Hessians. They win. Uh, you know, and then the, the, the troops swell back up. We go through 1777. And then <laughs> how do people thank him? It's kind of like Winston Churchill. You know, the guy almost single handedly saves the world, saves England for sure. And they kick him out on his ear after the war's over. It's just unbelievable how ungrateful people are by the end of 77. After Tell me he about the kicking that kicking
0: out? What going? What, what do you mean? Let's, well, like let's... like
1: like like Churchill literally loses the election after after World War II, Uh, and, you know, just a few years after uh, forty five and forty six, after we finally win the thing. And remember what it was like for him. I mean, he's literally going into the bunkers, going all over London, saying, "We're gonna you know fight them in the streets, fight them on the beaches, fight them in the air." He's having to kind of buck up the 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 the, the English um throughout that whole bombing and everything else. That we end up winning the, I mean, he has the, he's the lion, right? I mean, by the way, he was kind of our Trump because he was also obnoxious and rude. And they didn't like, a lot of people didn't like the way he talked. And yet he was exactly what England needed at the time. But then when the war's over, now it's like, oh, okay, now it's easy times. We don't need the old lion anymore. And they literally Mm. kick him out, throw him out. And and that's part of when he he comes to America and warns about the communists and everything else. Anyway, people are ungrateful. Washington faced the same thing. So he he has this great comeback after you know th- that Christmas of of seventy six, um, they win at Saratoga, which is kind of the first big major victory. There's a painting of it in the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol. It's one of the four mm. from the uh, from the Revolution because it was such a turning point in the war. That's like uh, October of seventy seven, and and just a month later, these generals are conspiring to throw out Washington. People in Congress are conspiring to get rid of him. So he they're just completely ungrateful. And then here he is frozen at Valley Forge. And and even though he had more troops, he's got like 12,000 at Valley Forge. Mm-hmm. It's still a brutal winter. Uh they're sick, there's disease going through the camp. Again, about a third without boots. I mean, they're, you know, he has them build those little huts. You can actually go see some of those huts that are still there. At Valley Forge, but man, it's bad. It's I, it's a I abysmal. have a question.
0: Why did yeah, they sorry, not get I, it? I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to. But I mean, right? No, no blankets. No, they're near naked. Lack of clothes. No shoes. No boots. Why were there? Why wasn't there any support? Why wasn't there man, any? And Washington
1: help? W- asked the same question. You know, literally is demanding of Congress. What's the right. deal? Why? Why are we not getting the provisions and the support that we need? Um, you know, and and basically you know, basically said whether we're going to lose, we're going to, we're, we're going to fall apart if, if we don't get the help um, that we need. I, I, man, I think it's sometimes it's, all, that's always the story. It's like, you know, the politicians uh, tend to not they don't know what time it is and they and they don't know what's actually happening on the ground. And and I think that was true even back then. I I, I think we have this nostalgic idea of the members of, of uh, uh you know all the people in the founding era. I mean they fought each other tooth and nail. They they all the same stuff we're dealing with now, they dealt with then even in great awakenings where there's spiritual revival within the church you have conflict. So I say all that to say, hey, you know, everybody don't get discouraged by the fights we're having, by the discord in Congress right now, all of those things it's that's the nature of man. It's always right. been that way. And that's why the price of free, freedom is eternal vigilance. That's why we never give up until you're six feet under, you're fighting. You're 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 in the fight and you're standing up for your kids and for uh for the country. And um, yeah, so I but it was, it was I was trying to remember that it was a three-word, see, maybe I have it in my notes here, but they it was it was his words. He actually said, uh basically, destitute. Let's see, what were those three words? I lost it. Um it, it was kind of a it paints a great picture of of just how bad it was. How bad anyway, it was, it was right. you know, basically destitute. We're not getting, you know, we're starving. Uh we need the provisions. And and he was even to the point of of, of you know, uh, not right. despair but 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 close. And it's one of the reasons he was out there in the snow, pouring his heart out to God. Um and the guy that owned the land there was a guy named Isaac Potts, and Potts mm-hmm. actually was not a supporter. Okay, Potts was a was a Tory not a Whig. He didn't think and it wasn't necessarily that he was against freedom. It was more of an intellectual, like, I don't think the Amer- it was more of a gamble, right? I don't think the Americans can win. And so I'm going to bet on the British. Well, he stumbles upon Washington and he sees Washington praying out there by himself in the snow. Mm. And he said that Washington was so emphatic and so... Uh, his prayer was so much about more than just, it was about the troops, but it was about more than even just the Americans. It was about mankind and humankind Mm -hmm. and all this. He said, he was so moved by the prayer. He goes home to his wife and I'm paraphrasing. This is my country boy version of what he said, but he basically said, uh, baby, we're on the wrong side. When a guy prays like that, God's Mm going to answer his prayers. We got to switch. Right. So he yes. becomes a wig and supports the revolution after that because what of a the testimony. Fervent prayer. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, uh, I hope I can pray like that someday yeah. where it actually turns the heart of the other side because they see oh. that anyway. How so powerful. he was feeling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good stuff. I hate what Hollywood does with this stuff. You know, they, they took that, they took that and they did this, they had this thing on, um, on Washington spies called Turn. It was a. It's got a lot of sex in it and stuff. So I warn people not. You know, be careful. Um. Uh. Make sure you watch it on VidAngel. VidAngel cuts all this stuff out. But they took the scene in the in in this and they had done this kind of cool stuff about the the the, the Culper ring is true. I mean, all the Culper spies and all that. That part's true. It's a really cool story. It needs to be told. But they took the prayer of Washington in uh, at Valley Forge and they totally twisted it and they literally made it like he was out there praying not to God. But Mm -hmm. to some mythical... Right. Uh, mentor of his from you. I was so angry when I saw that episode. I was like, "How dare you distort this and change again, it to your Hollywood rewriting again, history again? Yes. Rewriting history. Oh, mm-hmm. I hate mean, it. But at Valley Forge, there's this cool monument to that moment, and and he's kneeling in prayer. And I love the fact I don't I forget the sculptor's name that made the monument, but I love the fact that he has him praying. He has the you know the tri- the hat on his left. It was kind of like Potts described it. His hat was there, but his sword was there as well. His sword is on it mm-hmm. by his side and to me that's the picture right we need to be humble we need mm-hmm. to be acknowledging god just like the founders did we need to be asking for god but we're armed and we're ready to do ready. our part and and mm-hmm. and we've got our you know we've got the um the faith that god's going to take care of the results but like john quincy adams we're going to do our duty and leave the results up to god i think that's a beautiful picture of how we need to be today as well
0: It is all these takeaways, because, you know, just like you said prior, a lot of the things that we see in today's culture, it was the same as that. It was just a different story, different characters. That's right. right. But still a lot of the same problems, not the support needed for the true patriots, not enough communication between, you know, the elected officials and the warriors in the field, you know. So these are the things I mean, like you said, we we don't have it like that. But, geez, it is some pretty scary times right now.
1: Yeah. Amen. No. no doubt about it. And we need each other, right? We need we that, sure do. you know, because, because there's days when you're going to get down because of, of a certain, you know, fight or whatever, going the wrong way. And you need me to encourage you. Believe me, I may not sound like it right now, but there's days when I get down and I'm just like, Lord, how can we defeat this? And, and we need each other. I mean, Wa- for Washington was the same way. I forget the letter, or, or uh, and I can't. I wish I could rec- uh, cite for you the, the the exact reason. And maybe this is just rumor, but I, I'm pretty sure this was in one of his letters. Even, but that day on Christmas Day, he had written a letter to Congress that morning, and it was, and he was down, and he went out, and the troops were actually in the disease, in the cold, in the all of that. We're celebrating Christmas, singing yeah. uh, and and celebrating and basically encouraging each other. And while they didn't realize it, encouraged the commander in chief. And and they didn't know that it was going to get worse after that. I mean, it got even colder. They had even more disease. More people died. It got even worse in January, February. I mean, it was bad, um, but they 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 had the wherewithal to tap into those sources of encouragement and strength and to encourage each other. There's actually a scene, this is fiction, but you know, there's the scene in, uh, in the Patriot, my favorite movie, of course. Um, But in the, in the movie, the Patriot Heath Ledger, is has joined up and he's fighting. And uh, Mel Gibson plays his dad, uh, and they're fictional characters within the war. A lot of the stuff in there is, is is true, but but their characters I mean, I say they're they're fictional, it's kind of a, an amalgamation, right. it's kind of a combination of the Swamp Fox and a couple of these other people that, that Mel Gibson plays, right? But Hollywood's anyway, version, yeah, yeah, Hollywood's version, exactly. But but Heath Ledger is is there at Valley Forge and he's freezing, he's sitting there. Um, and he's wrapped up and, and and he's and he's writing to his family and he's actually encouraging his family while he's nearly freezing to death. And there's this scene where Washington comes comes through the camp and and it's like just his presence coming through that part of the camp. And you can imagine with twelve thousand there, you know, it would it, he would sometimes not be seen by some of the troops for, for a, lot, a long time. Just seeing him, you could see it encourage this character that Heath Ledger's playing. And for me, that depicted that that time where we each need to encourage each other when, when we're down. So I just say that to everybody out there. If you're down, find other moms, find other folks that you can get with and encourage each other. And always, when you can, when you're up, be a source of encouragement to other patriots out there that might need that.
0: Right. Will be wa- Washingtonesque. I don't know what's like the it. best way, but hey, it's
1: a word today. We're gonna make you it know, a word. I'm use Washingtonesque. Was.
0: esque Okay, everybody can use it if they want to. Um, okay, it doesn't so... mean you have
1: to go barefoot out in the freezing <laughs> snow. I don't know how the moms will feel about this, yeah. but you know, maybe a good <laughs> test uh, or a good, a good, a good, a good history lesson is if it's freezing cold this Christmas around your house, make make a fire outside and make your kids sit barefoot. I know the moms are going to hate this. Make right. the kids sit barefoot out there, and just for a few minutes, have yeah. to experience what it was like, and then you can wrap them up real quick. And then, yeah. and then when they get sick, you're going to blame Rick. It's okay, I'll accept <laughs> it, uh, but they will never forget it, and they will remember that's what Washington's troops went through.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. I, I I don't think I can handle that either. But <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> so you can Christmas... have the chicken noodle soup on yes. the stove, ready to give to the kids after you rush inside.
0: <laughs> I know. And we and we do, we think about this, but I mean, we're so weak now. I mean, this oh, there is we're there's so no blessed. warriors like this. Yeah. I mean, thank you, God, for um all of our all of our blessings and the warmth and the food and, and all of that Amen. here in America. Thank you, Lord, for America. So Amen. Christmas at Valley Forge, I think we just need to put a little bow on this and really wrap up what happened there. We've kind of led up to it. You've told us a little bit about um the celebration, but that day before, day of, day after, get, really paint yeah. that for us.
1: Well, and, and and imagine, you know, for us at Christmas, right, we're just planning the family get-togethers. What are we going to get for everybody? What are we going to eat? You know, all that kind of stuff. For Washington, the day before Christmas, he's literally planning an attack. He's planning on doing yeah. a repeat of what he had done the year before at Trenton and, and the whole crossing of the Delaware kind of thing. He's actually planning this big assault um, on the a surprise assault on, on the British. They pretty much got him surrounded almost at that point, and so it's a really risky thing to do. Well, a, a lot of his generals and others that he went to for advice, they kind of poo-pooed the idea, and everybody was very negative on it, and he ultimately decides, okay, it's more important – that we keep everybody strong. We need to do some retraining in the camp during this winter and be ready for a better assault coming out of it. But for him, that was his Christmas Eve. Basically, was planning a, an attack and then being told by all of his guys, "Nope, it's not gonna. You're not gonna get a repeat here. You're gonna get a big defeat, and we could lose the whole war if you do it." And so he backed off and made the decision. Okay, at this point, because you know sometimes the better part of valor is to not attack and to actually mm-hmm. make the decision to come back stronger. Um, so yeah, and but 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 for them, it did end up being somewhat of a celebration, as a, not you know compared to what we have today. Uh, that next day for Christmas was was uh, you know, nothing like like what we have. And then they would spend the next few months not only freezing but truly training and getting better. And as a result, I mean, there's a lot of historians that say if it hadn't been for how bad it was at Valley Forge, they wouldn't have emerged from that as strong as they did, mm-hmm. and and as mm-hmm. much of a you know the camaraderie that you tend to get when you. If you go down on a sinking ship with somebody or you 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 lose a political battle fighting really hard with somebody or whatever it is failed business whatever it might be sometimes when you have a really tough time mm-hmm. it actually makes you stronger so why in james we're told count it all joy, joy when you experience right. various trials because he uses those trials to make us tougher make us more per- be able to persevere and i think christmas 77 That's what happened to the troops. They got stronger and they got closer together, even though 1,500 of them would die, roughly 1,500 of them would die from disease and everything else, all of those things. They came out of this thing stronger and ultimately would go on to win the war as a result.
0: I mean, great takeaway, great lesson learned. Thank you for those words because I'm um, inspired about that because it really does. When the tough gets, what is it? When the you got to get going. When the tough gets going. When the I going, mean, you gets know, tough? Tough, You got go, right, <laughs> to you know? get going. Right, you know. Yeah, and that's really but what like you we said. Have there's be. not
1: enough, and we haven't been that for a long time, right? right? We've been spoiled, like you said. We've got it. We've got it really, really good. But yeah, there is an awakening. You you guys yeah, obviously see it. I mean, y'all are doing, y'all are a big part of the awakening uh, yeah. across America. And I know some of the moms out there, they feel like, why am I the one that's having to step up and fight? You know, where, where are the dudes? Mm-hmm. Like, where are the guys that are supposed to be? Where are the George Washingtons and that? Right. There's a lot of both stepping up at this point. I'm going to tell you, There's I get, I'm get i spoiled because I get to almost every night be in a different place around America and see crowds of people that are coming out of the woodwork that have never done this kind of stuff. You know it. You get moms yeah. that are like, okay, I'm, I'm in, but I have no idea right. what to do. I've never done anything like What a moment. What a beautiful time. Ronald Reagan said, I'm glad we don't live in pale and timid times. I'm glad Mm -hmm. we live at a time where we can make a difference. I have a feeling there were some there with Washington that kind of had that attitude. You know what? I could be back home sitting around the fire in my house and all that with my, but you know what? I get to be in a moment of history that's an inflection point in history. I get to be maybe the straw, right? I get to be the one last push that instead of teetering on liberty and tyranny or falling into tyranny, I get to be part of what's going to push us back into liberty what a great time to be alive. I'm glad we don't live in pale and timid times
0: yeah me too and sometimes like you said we get down about the down about the culture down about the the battles we face but nothing better than being a warrior and having God um, be in his army being being his battle what was historically christmas like even just in general i think i read somewhere i was just trying to look through my notes that christmas was different it wasn't celebrated i mean what was that like leading up to um valley forge and you know historically how we know it now what was the 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 pre-christmas idea like yeah
1: i you know i don't i don't know how they i don't know how different it was before valley forge i mean but definitely um, you know, definitely different than than we have it today. Um, I probably should have researched prior to that for, for, no, our, I just for our podcast I, today. But yeah. yeah, I was trying to think of the, uh, you know, the whole St. Nick story that that comes from what 200 uh, uh, in the 200s or 300s, I guess it was Kirk Cameron's got a great movie on this that actually shocked me because I had no idea this guy was so tough. He actually was at the St. Nick was literally at the you know council of Nicaea and beat back a lot of bad theology and all this. He was really a tough dude. He actually ended up punching a guy. <laughs> Santa <laughs> Claus punched some guy. Uh anyway, um so so you did already have the gift giving and all that kind of stuff, but not certainly not to the extent that that we do it today. But I don't even know if I can uh yeah, I don't even know how to compare that to what we what yeah, we Yeah. I was just
0: curious if there was, you know, I'm like you said, everything changes and grows and but I at the heart of Christmas is always thankfulness clearly. Right. And, and, and serving and Christ's others, birth, right? Christ's, Christ's
1: birth. birth. Because he came to serve us and humbled himself to serve us. It's always been that heart of, okay, it's not, it's literally, what can I do for someone else? And as you know, well, when you are depressed, when you are down, uh, when you give, when you have a heart of gratitude, you shut off the mm-hmm. depression sources of the brain. It's like, you can't have a heart of gratitude and be giving to others and be thankful for what you have and be depressed at the same time. You gotta be one of the others, the way we're wired, the way the brain works. And so when we take time at Christmas to actually focus on others, and and Debbie, if I could just encourage people to look for people in their community during Christmas that nobody yeah. else is taking care of. That's in the right. veterans, I mean, in the uh, nursing homes, you got, mm-hmm. especially veterans, but in the nursing homes, you got people that are not visited by anybody. They have no Christmas. And literally at eighty or ninety years old to be able to open a little present that's nothing but a notebook or a pencil or a uh, if they're a, if they're a military member a coffee mug of their branch or something like that that you can go get for free at the at the recruiting uh, stations when you do that kind of stuff uh, for mm-hmm. people that can do nothing for you right it's like right. you're giving to someone you're taking time whether it's with Operation Christmas Child with with the Samaritan's purse uh, with a shoebox it, all of those right. types of things at Christmas Absolutely. that's someone that can't do anything for us right. I'm telling you, it'll do more for you than it's like the ultimate joy. It is so right. cool. But that's the heart of Christmas, e- you know, before Valley Forge, even at Valley Forge, because what were they giving? They were giving of their lives, fortune, sacred honor for us.
0: They sure were. So It is the season of good tidings. It is it's beyond the presents we give. You know, Santa gets us all distracted. No, it is. Christ, the Savior, the hope in him, um, and just the gratitude for his blessings and um, really making it an attitude of worship. And that's what serving is. That's what giving is, right? That's an, exactly that's right. part of our worship. And I think that's what, you know, we all want to do again this Christmas is just be a blessing um, and be thankful for Christ, the Christ child and the hope that he gives all of us Christmas Man. and beyond.
1: Amen. I'm going to borrow that from you. This, uh, that I've always thought of it as an attitude of gratitude, and that and what that how that changes the way we think. But an attitude of gratitude is a heart of worship. You're literally worshiping God with that attitude, being yeah. grateful and serving others. That's good.
0: Well, and special thanks to Washington for being such an incredible mentor, and what a yeah. story. Um, I think the moms that are listening are probably going to be like, you know what, we're going to visit and the the story of uh, George Washington again and pull out all those great warrior um warrior spirit that he has yeah. and and all the great things that he did so thank you for sharing. i love well, that well
1: don't forget his humility right remember his humility teach that humility he's and the sword that's right and he, and you got the for for tools you got the rules of civility that he wrote when he was actually a teenager Um, You know, he's got all these rules that he wrote down and said, if I'm going to be a good man, I'm going to be a good, you know, I need to do all these things. Some of them are kind of funny, but a lot of them are really, really good for today. And then later on, still was humble enough to leave. He could have been king after we won the war and George Washington went home. And King George said, if that's true, if he did not take the crown when he could have, uh, he must be the greatest man that ever lived. And then he Mm. comes back, serves as president for two terms and then says, I'm out of here again. And humbly uh gives it up again. And you know, another one of those paintings at the Rotunda. So you got Saratoga, but you also and the surrender, of Yorktown signing of the declaration, but you also have Washington's resignation as general because it was such a big deal to not become king after winning a war like that and to actually surrender. They wanted everybody to know this is the new kind of government that we're gonna have and the new kind of people that we're gonna be.
0: So, when we see these statues uh, and people want to rip them down and make them something they're not, or uh, yeah. like you said, take, take our historical heroes and destroy them, we really need to pause and honor and remind our kids and our grandkids about these warriors that paved the way for America right. to be the land of the free. So, that's right. Well, Merry Christmas over there Merry to Christmas. your household. <laughs>
1: yes. Merry and- Christmas to y'all.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Rick. And hopefully we'll see you again sometime uh, on our podcast. So thanks so much.
1: Anytime. God bless you.
0: All right. Thanks again, Rick. Boy, what a great interview. It is so important for us as moms to be reminded of the grit, the perseverance, and the sacrifice of these patriots so we can share this information with our children this Christmas and um, all those beautiful principles that we talked about and enjoy the blessings of this Christmas season and um, hats off to George Washington for being such an amazing warrior. Wow. All right, moms, you can check out Rick's organization at patriotacademy.com. I highly, highly suggest Rick's organization. Also, before we close, I want to just remind our moms that we are here to help you to make a difference in a variety of ways, right in your home and in your community. I want to remind you to go ahead and sign up for our weekly newsletter, Moms for America. US. You will get great information every week from the podcast to the blog, webinars, seminars, everything you can imagine. You'll get notified there. We are here to help you um, raise patriots. We are here to help you be the best mom that you can. I would tell this to everybody. We are the ultimate support group for conservative moms that are on a a journey here in this culture, defending it and protecting our children. Also, when you go to our website, I would love to have you check out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. Moms love these meetings. They are 12 lessons on liberty. Um, They will inspire and educate you about America's amazing hair heritage, just like we heard about George Washington. Jolene talks about George Washington a lot in our cottage meetings. Uh, It happens to be her uh, hero, best hero of all times is George Washington. Um, But that's it, right? When we learn these principles of liberty, we teach them to our children in our home. We share it in our community. And um, we just learn America's history, which helps us to know and appreciate. So go ahead Check out the uh, cottage meetings and all of our information at momsforamerica.us. I say this every week, too, right? It's from the kitchen table to Congress. Uh, we have everything that moms need. Truly, every issue is a mom issue. And we do try to provide you with all of the great information that you would need in your home with your kids. Um, Moms, we believe that you are the heartbeat of America. I want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, Hope to see you back here next week for another inspiring and informative discussion for moms just like you. Remember, we are changing our world one home at a time. Moms, Merry, Merry Christmas. God bless.